Man, it's a beautiful when you see when, when, man, when you allow God to do things in your life, whether it's in a church setting and then you can see the hand of God moving or, or whether it's in your regular day-to-day life when you just, regardless of what you're going through, what weight you may have or whether, you know, just driving in a car, man, maybe some weird thought that you may have and you just let God do his thing. When you let go and let God and God's hand moves, it's beautiful. It's beautiful when you just see him take over. I mean, there's so many different times. You know, that's why we got to constantly be renewing our mind daily. We say that. <laughs> that's like a, like a broken record here, right? Renew your mind, renew your mind. But guess what? We got to do it. We got to continually do it, continuously do it. Because the Bible says we have an enemy, and that enemy is a roaring lion waiting to, to see whom he can devour. He's wanted to steal, kill, and destroy you. Not, not only physically, but also mentally, emotionally. He wants you to be in, un, in an uncomfortable state constantly. He doesn't want you to be, he doesn't want you to advance. He doesn't want you to be at peace. He doesn't want you to have the joy because he knows that the joy of the Lord is yours. It's your strength. So we got to constantly be renewing our minds. I don't know why the Lord is putting this in my heart now to tell you this, but I know this is for someone. It's for myself as well included, guys. When I get off this stage and I'm living my life and, man, there's times when you just go and you're, maybe you had the best day of your life and then all of a sudden you go and you're, you know, you're like right before you're going to sleep, the enemy can put a thought in your head. And, man, right there we got to rebuke him man because what happens sometimes he plants that seed and what happens you start creating a picture begin to worry and then all of a sudden you find yourself somewhere where you're like hey hey but guess what God's with us man we got to understand and we have to learn and that's why you're here you're equipping yourself with the full armor of God amen and you're equipping yourself and and this is great because this is, you know, this is your spiritual exercise, man. You are working your spiritual muscles right now. Your faith is growing every time you hear the word. So don't just keep coming. Amen. It's good that you come. Listen on Sundays. But once a week isn't enough. You need to get fed every single day. Someone say amen. You don't need once a week. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. You don't just get fed once a week, do you? Oh, we'd be some real cranky people if they ate once a week. <laughs> hangry. You know what hangry means? Hungry and angry at the same time like I had a baby? Yeah. Some people aren't the same when they're hungry. You know what I'm talking about. So hopefully some of you here aren't already hangry thinking about the food after I'm done preaching. <laughs> we got some hangry faces. Nah. We got... <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Your word, Father God. Thank you, Father, Lord Jesus, that, man, you're going to use me as an instrument. Use me as an instrument, Father, Lord Jesus, for your people, Father. Take away my desires, my thought, man. You take total control of this service, of this place, Lord Jesus. I pray for every single person here. I thank you, Father God, Lord, that their ears are in tuned to what your spirit, what you want for them to receive this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. So, this morning, about two weeks ago, we spoke, 
And uh, there was a, a Bible verse that was talking, well, this is the month of favor and grace. So the Lord was telling me, um, I, had, I had a preaching similar to the one I'm going to share with you today about a year and a half ago. I called it Dangerous Grace. And we're going to talk about that within the context, within the preaching. Um, some of you are looking at me like, what is this guy saying about Dangerous Grace? I will, I will, I will explain. That's not the title of today's, though. Today's, today's message is True Grace. Hallelujah. Well, two things. How many of you know that the grace of God, how many of you know the grace and favor of the Lord is upon your life? Hallelujah. How many of you know because of grace, because of the grace of God and the love? Well, obviously, it's all based off love. That's the reason why there is grace in the first place. That rhymed. The grace of the Lord, it's something that we don't deserve. Basically, you want to sum it down. What is the grace of God? I can pretty sum it down. It's basically what God gives us that we don't deserve. You don't deserve it because we know that, man, we are all born sinners. And it also says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift, the gift of God is eternal life. As a matter of fact, put that up there. I want them to see that. That's... In Romans 6.23, look at it, it says right there. You see, this is a biblical law. You see, the Lord, okay, when, when every, the wages of sin is death. There's a punishment for sin, and it is death. But we know what Jesus came to do. He was our substitute, hallelujah, and we know that the gift that the Lord gave us, which is Jesus, Jesus stood in the gap. He took and paid the price for you and for me. Someone say amen. amen. You see, hallelujah, put your hands together. Yes. Grace is the unmerited or unearned favor of God. We didn't earn it. Nope. You know, we, we definitely do not deserve it. But man, God is so good. And his love is so uh, undescribable. You can't put it in words. We can't fathom the love that God has for us, giving us a gift, giving us his son. His son lived a perfect life, died on the cross, resurrected for you. Now we are free, obviously, to those that believe. Because we know Jesus, everything has been fulfilled. It is finished when he was on the cross. Everything is done. Hallelujah. But not necessarily does everyone go to heaven. We know that you must receive the Lord, surrender your life to Jesus, and believe in your heart what Jesus did for you and for me. Then you will be saved. Someone say amen. amen. The goodness of God to undeserving people is another, another point for grace. But basically... It is something you get from God that we don't deserve. Amen. Why is his grace so incredible? Like I said earlier, the basis of all of this is love. He loves you unconditionally. It's such an amazing thing, but because of this grace, we can all, to those who believe, all be called children of God. You are a daughter. You are a son of God. Hallelujah. Because of his love, he gave us this gift, and now 
we can live an eternal life in heaven the day we leave this earth and we will not be punished for the sins. That's a good God. That is a good God. Like I said, he took our place. He is our substitute. He is the reason why we are free. Three important points on God's grace. Epa. Welcome. <laughs> well, I'm about to welcome you to the three points. Pay attention. She knows why I got you. I'll save you guys on that one. <laughs> three important points. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Glory. Number one, God's grace has no boundaries. It is limitless to infinity and beyond. Number two, God's grace will take us as we are. I don't care how dirty you think you are or how clean you think you are. Whatever sin you may have committed, whether you're Chinese, Japanese, black, white, yellow, it doesn't matter. He'll take you as you are. There's no discriminating or racism with God. He loves everyone the same, and his grace is available for everyone, however you are, whatever state in life you're in, their grace, man, it's for you. Number three, we are all worthy of God's grace because through Jesus Christ has made you worthy. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. So now we know this is beautiful. This grace is incredible. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Now, there's something, there's, there's so much more to this, though, that sometimes the body of Christ, sometimes us as Christians, we already know the first step. Man, by the grace of God, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Amen. It's beautiful. But you see, sometimes people limit themselves on how deep this grace really goes. How deep the love of God is for us. How deep. And why do I say that? I'm going to get to the depth of it later because this is a base for something more. You may be saying to yourselves, what could be more? I'm going to get there eventually. And obviously the word of the Lord is what's going to back me up, not what I'm saying. This is the Lord right here that's going to be showing you everything. I like to show everything with scripture to back up what the spirit of God wants you to receive and myself as well. Sometimes people misuse this grace. And this is where we're going to get to the topic that I told you about dangerous grace. And within this context, it's, it's pretty in incredible and this is why I call it dangerous grace. Sometimes people misuse God's grace. How is that possible? Well, I call that dangerous grace. Why is it dangerous? Well, sometimes we use grace as a way of a means to just take a part of what it really represents just in order for you to feel good about yourself. 
And there's nothing wrong with feeling good. But you see, this message of a feel-good message every time, because you see, once, you're, once you have this grace, now you're set free. Now there's no condemnation. Now you will always be forgiven, which is true. Hallelujah. Now you don't have to worry about eternal punishment because Jesus already took your place. So now there's this message that talks about all this but doesn't really like to bring up what you need to do in order for you to receive that forgiveness. You see, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You're accepted. You're going to be forgiven anyway. You don't really have to worry about anything else. It's already finished. You don't got to do anything. Jesus already did it all. You see, that is true, but you need to do something and put action behind in order for it to manifest in your life. You see, this feel-good message, this sugar-coated message that we don't preach in this church, but maybe you've heard it in other places. It's great to feel good, but you got to put action. You got to confront certain things sometimes in order for you to truly change and grow. You see, it all leads to you. You actually have to legit repent, man. You can't fake steak. <laughs> you can't fake this. Sometimes people look, God has forgiven us all. Amen. I get that. But if you don't really repent, you won't receive that forgiveness. And that's where it could be dangerous. Whether it's preached to you intentionally or not, whether you believe, well, hopefully you believe what I'm saying. Now you're stuck because now you know the truth. And the truth, hallelujah, will set you free. It's important to know, and I have verses on this after. It's not God's intention for you to, it's not God's intention for you to have this message and not be transformed. The point is for you to change. The point is for you to grow. You can, t you can have this. Man, you can have the grace message be your foundation of your Christian faith. Oh, wow. That's a deep one for a lot. And I'm going to tell you why it can't be the foundation. Because there's something more. There's something more than the forgiveness of your sins. There's something more than you not being an eternal damnation in hell. There's something more than no condemnation. There's something more than you'll always be forgiven. What is that more? What is that more? People will tell you, you're loved. You're accepted. You're forgiven. You're loved. No condemnation. No hell. No judgment. Saved by grace. You will always be forgiven. And this is all true, and this is good. I'm not bash bashing it, guys. Stick with what I'm saying, because I'm going to get to a point now, and you're going to really understand the why. This is all true, but it can't be the basis of your belief in God. And I'm going to explain why. Check this out. I'm going to give you a quick example. Stick with me, church. I'm going somewhere. Say amen if you're with me. Let's pretend that you committed a serious crime. 
You pretend you killed one. No one, this, we don't know this didn't happen here. This is a scenario. You killed someone and you got caught. Now you're in jail and you're waiting to go to the judgment the next day. And you're in there and you're like, oh, man. And now the next day comes, you're in trial. They have all the evidence against you. And now they say, hey, you're going to sit in the electric chair tomorrow. Like, that's it. You got caught. We found the murder weapon. We found the match. You're heated. You're going to be in the electric chair tomorrow. That's it. So the next day, you walk up. You're awaiting the, the, you know, the electric chair. You already hit the night before. You had your last meal that you ordered. You're on your way to the electric chair. And all of a sudden, the judge tells you, hey, you're free to go because someone took your place. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Pray, come on, someone. That's what Jesus did for us. And I want you to catch this. Because I'm going somewhere with this. Now, man, you are thankful. You are appreciative. You got tears of joy. You are the happiest person in the world right now. Hallelujah. I'm not going to die. Someone took my place. Someone, man, what I was supposed to be condemned for, now I'm not. I'm free. Amen. Now. This is great because this is the first step. Now we know Jesus, in this case, is the weird substitute. Now you're free. Now you have no condemnation. Now you have freedom. Now you're free from hell. You're free from the bondage of slavery. You have, you're, you're always going to be forgiven. Beautiful. But there's something more. Now, what's the problem with, let's say one year goes by, I'm a priest, thank God, wow, I'm alive, I didn't get to go to the electric chair. Another year, the next year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years go by, and you're still grateful, but you're stuck only there. You see, that is a problem. Why is that? Well, because you've been so focused on where God got you out, you have not focused at all where God wants you to go. You've been so focused on when you were free, which is great, but God has something more. He wants you to focus on where he wants you to go. Come on, church. Am I preaching to someone? And it's great to have that Thanksgiving every single day. Give God thanks for God's grace. But there is something more. And I'm going to tell you what the more is right now. You ready? Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. It's found in 1 Peter 3, verse 18. Look what it says here. For Christ also suffered once for our sins the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. The point of it all is for you to have access to God, to get to God. 
everything that's happened, all the no condemnation, all the, all the, the you'll always be forgiven, you'll have to go to hell. All that is great. All the grace, the love, the reason why Christ died was because God wants you to have access directly to him. Come on, church. God. It's God. And you see, the enemy doesn't want you to think that. Man, the enemy even manipulates Christians, man, with the own word of God. He'll give you pieces of the Bible and doesn't want you to see the whole thing. You're already going to be saved, but what happens when you're breathing here on earth? You'll always be forgiven, but if you think you can have a license to sin, whoa. You ain't going to live, you're not going to live this earth the way God intended for you to live. Because why, if you think you have a license to sin and do whatever the heck you want, I'm always going to be forgiven anyway. Where's the, where's the how, how, will you ever, how will you ever be forgiven if you'll never truly repent because you're always planning your sins? Try to plan your repentance. That's not sincere. That's a false message. That's a fake floppy message. That is a sugar-coated message. You need to learn that we fly straight. We got to read the whole Bible for what it, what it says. The reason for all of that, the reason why Jesus died for you was to get you to God. To God. Someone say amen. Put your hands together. That's how much your king loves you. Man, that's deep. That's real deep. And that's why I told you I was going to get to it eventually. And that's the answer. It's God. He wants that one-on-one -on -one with you. He wants that intimacy with you. He wants that alone time with you. He wants the communion with you. Man, that's where the real change comes. And amen. Because the thing is, you won't ever be able to get to God. There's a reason why Jesus says, I am the door. No one can get to the Father except through me. Amen. But the point is, the point is, you got to take that first step, which a large majority of us here have taken that first step. Amen. We're children of God. We understand the grace. We understand because of all, because of love. All of this has been done, but it's something more. And that more is the access one-on-one -on -one with our Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. I'm sweating. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. To see God. This is our personal relationship with God. To see God. To know God. To have him, man, as your companion. So you can actually reflect God here on earth. That's how you impact. Come and say amen. Man, it's a million. Check this out. Pay attention because there is a difference to what I'm going to say. It's a million times better to get into heaven than to be free from hell. I'm going to say that again. And there is a difference. Focus. Pay attention. It is a million times better to enter heaven than to be free from hell. And why is the answer? Well, okay, now I'm free from the bondage, but now what do you case? So now I'm free, but I, why would it be a million times better to enter heaven? 
Well, you see, because God is there. Because God is there. I want to be where you are, Lord. Man. Now you see the difference. You've been set free. Okay, now I'm free. What, am I going to just sit in the couch all day at home and look at the stars? You have a duty as a Christian. We got to, we have to live this life, man, on a constant mind, uh, renewing your mind daily, growing, man. Get in the word. Have that intimacy with your king, with God, because God is there. Hallelujah. Man. This flawed grace preaching or this dangerous grace preaching doesn't teach you on what it says on Matthew 18, 9. What it says here. You don't have to worry about anything. Look what it says. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. You see, what am I saying? Why do I say that? Well, because you see, don't pluck out your eyes, guys. Don't be scared. Don't, don't do that. I'm not saying to do that. It doesn't tell you what to do on Luke 13, 24. Put it up. Look what it says here. Come on, put it up. Eh. Help me out, guys. Luke 13, 24. There we go. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. That's no one in this church. Come on, someone. Go to the next verse. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside. No, this isn't it. Is it it? No, that ain't it. It's, it is what it is. That's fine. I'll read it here. Luke, I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. And I didn't want to go to 25. That was my bad, not yours. So sorry, church. Forgive me. Luke 13, 24. I like what it says in the NKJV version. New King James Version, by the way. It says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able to. There's another one in Matthew. Give me one second. I like the way Matthew puts it. Do me a favor. Put, put it there for me. A ver, a ver, a ver. Aha. Matthew, put Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Let's read it from the, the Gospel of Matthew. Put it there. There it is. All right. Ready, church? Say Amen. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it. It's the easy road, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the next. Look at it. Right here. Here it is. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and they are few who find it. Put your hands together, church. In other words, it's all already done, but we got to make an effort, church. This isn't just, man, there's a reason why the Lord tells us right there, you got to go through the narrow gate. You have the ability to choose. You have the ability to choose. No more sugarcoating this. This is beautiful, man. We understand the grace of God, but we're not going to allow the enemy to confuse us no longer.
I don't, I don't, I, I mean, it is true. You will always be forgiven. When you truly repent, though, then you will receive that forgiveness from God himself. When you truly understand that you do have to make an effort, you do have to strive, you do have to. Man, there's a reason why Paul says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist. You got to do something. Look what it says here in 1 Peter. I don't think I told you guys this in the back, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. 1 Peter 1.16 says, be holy for I am holy. Right there. He doesn't say, if you feel like it, no. Be holy right there for I am holy. Put your hands together, church. There's something that we need to do. We need to make an effort. We need to strive. It's in order. He's not asking you. He's telling you, be holy. It's in order. And sometimes there's days that we may not be so holy when we get our someone crosses us in the middle of US 1, man. We're trying to be holy. And our flesh is like, whoa, I'm not going to be holy right now. <laughs> oh, no way, bro. You got to strive through the narrow door because the wide door is, oye, coge para allá. No. Can't. Temperamento, your temperament. Ghetto, you don't know. That's why it's hard when, you, when, when man turning the other cheek. Que, The way out, boom. No, 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 no. That's being holy. And it's hard. That's why we got to renew our minds every day. Someone does something wrong to you. Oh, I'm going to do it right. Be holy, for I am holy. Crucify the flesh. It's not easy. That's why it says take the narrow gate. Because the wide gate is, you know, everything else that we shouldn't be doing. Someone say amen if you're receiving what I'm saying. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. <laughs> Glory. We're all called to live in holy conduct. Jesus paid the price. So now we can live in this world and we have now the ability through Christ to live that holy life. Because before we had Christ, we were just 100% flesh. So the Bible says there's a constant battle. Paul says it clearly between the flesh and the spirit. But you can't have a battle if you don't have the spirit. Can someone say Amen. Those of you that are in Christ, now we have the ability and the authority to dominate and to rule over our issues, over our flesh, over our minds. Someone say amen. That's how you can renew your mind daily because you have the power within you because God is in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Be holy for God is holy. Hallelujah. And, and obviously we all know this. And this is where I'm going to close soon. As a matter of fact, Ben, let's come on up here. And I want you guys to really understand this, man, that the grace of God is, is unparalleled. It's unimaginable. We can't, we can't fathom the depth of it. It's really incredible. But if you're going to get something out of anything today, and the most important thing here is this, okay? Every, everything that I said was important. But you have to understand that your foundation as a believer is not only the message of grace. That is the beginning 
of what the man where it leads to when the purpose and the reasoning behind that grace, behind the gift that God gave us, which is his son and what he did for us, and behind the, all the forgiving man, you're going to be forgiven forever, behind the you living in eternal life for, uh, in heaven, behind that there's no condemnation. Man, that is a stepping stone, which is extremely important, the first step. The, but the most ultimate, the ultimatum is God. It's God. It's God. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, church. Stand to your feet. And one thing, now that we know, and this is what's going to lead us to, you know, this is a very confrontational message. You know, change sometimes, it's very uncomfortable change. We don't always want to change. Sometimes I don't feel like changing certain things, certain habits. Change. But we got it. We got to. Because that's how you're going to grow and get to your next level that God has for your life. And how do you truly change? Look what it says here and what it is that we need to do. In 2 Peter 3.9. Look what it says here. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. That means the eternal damnation. But everyone to come to repentance. Everyone. To come to repentance, realizing, understanding, being sincere. Repentance, you can't fake that. That's going to lead you, man, now you're, in, you're good with God when you repent. You can't have all that baggage on you, man. That narrow road, the reason why it's a narrow road is because it's, you, gotta, you can't get in there with that baggage. You got you to gotta let some stuff go. You got to repent of some stuff. You got to, man, you got to get to the grain. This, man, this type of dangerous grace, it, it pardons forgiveness. Okay, you'll be forgiven. No, 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 no. What, what, man, what my king, man, we want to kill the sin, not only beef, man, it has to die. I'm not trying for that thing. In the first in the in the service before I was, I gave you I gave an example of a of, of of cockroaches, right? When you call the exterminator, you only want to forgive the cockroach or you want that thing dead. I don't want that thing lurking around me down the middle. No, 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 no. We want to kill the sin. Because if now you're gonna be coming to church all the time, every day repenting over the same thing over and over. No. True repentance will destroy all of that.